podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Hello and welcome to the Anfield Index podcast, broadcasting to you from my house in a field here in beautiful rural Ireland. I'm Trev Downey and I'm joined by Lisa Marie Hanahan and Cam Branch on episode 309. I just knew that off the top of my head uh, of this new uh, and improved AIP because it's always new and improved. We were just talking about this before the mics went live, listeners, just to give you a little bit of insight, a bit of uh how the sausage is made. We're sitting here, we were brainstorming how we could possibly improve this show for you. Um, And um, we came up with um, very little, I'm afraid. So you'll just have to stick with the usual. Uh, That's basically what we've got for you. Um, I think we've just cracked it is what I'm saying. So we're gonna go with the usual thing. And um, I had a a very elaborate opener, but as I was explaining to um, my illustrious colleagues a couple of moments ago, I've just gotten in from the gym after work, trying to be all things to all men. Uh, Work is absolutely hilarious, stroke farcical at the moment, as you can imagine, with, uh, I think it's about a sixth of the student body absent any day, maybe up to a fifth. They're expecting to get worse, Uh, similar with your covering classes. And it's just, it's a juggling act in schools at the moment um all as we go around uh all masked up trying to mumble to each other about what we want to do and do hand signals so yeah it's great old fun and uh, i'm trying to get healthy again uh so i'm short an intro is what i'm saying so i have just one thing to say to you in the wake of the holiday season in which overindulgence was um an olympic sport for me uh, i i think i'd be on the podium um, for overindulgence if there was some sort of Olympic event uh, I'd just like to say to you that the t- my takeaway from all of Christmas is one simple phrase Baileys and ice a wonderful wonderful thing quite seasonal very sweet many calories don't do it anymore but do it next Christmas that's my opener that's all I've got for you folks it's a little bit of a PSA uh, Cam Branch, what have you got to open us with? Um, following on from Bailey's with ice, I would add Disrano Velvet and ice. Oh, it's, there's a theme emerging. There's a theme emerging, <laughs> isn't there? Disrano Velvet and ice. Uh, yeah, it's, you're go- it's a new one they brought out. Um, what is, what is Disrano? Some sort of liqueur, is it Disrano? It is a liqueur, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Disrano is uh, Amaretto, isn't it? Oh, is it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now I know now I know what I'm talking about. Okay. I, yes. I've had amaretto in the past. Yeah. Uh, Cam. Yeah. I have to I have to tell you. I had amaretto in the past. I met a, a lovely lady one evening and uh, we went back to her apartment and we wanted to have something to drink and all she had was amaretto. She had nothing to put the amaretto in. 
<laughs> so I, I remember drinking the amaretto on its own. That's not a good idea, is it? On its own, it's a bit. Mm, yeah, it's yeah, not, not a good idea. Not a good idea, but um, amaretto with um, cranberry juice or the usual Coke. But cranberry juice, it, it's quite spectacular. But so, my, my, go on, sorry. Try. No, no, so, 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 I'm, I'm just trying to walk you back to what you said because I've, I've gotten us off the track. Your specific recommendation was this, this Serrano, which is a version of that. With what? This Serrano is the best, best amaretto you can get. Okay. Yeah, uh, that was made by originally monks in the 16th century so it's like the uh it's like the rectangular bottle oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah I've, I've seen it i've seen it it's yeah lovely. yeah so that is the one don't go for anything else that's the original that's the best one disarano but disarano have uh, made a velvet version of that so it's like bailey's but a disarano you know um, a slightly amaretto flavor to it as well and would you just have that you could just have a little bit of that over ice and it's lovely on its over own ice. Or? it's the only way to do it because it's it's creamy isn't it you know unless you're going to go like um cocktail trev or something you know and whip up something spectacular cocktail trev uh, i don't know who this character is but i like him yeah <laughs> I, I thought you would yeah, I, yeah, I thought yeah. you can relate to him can't you i can relate to cocktail trev i can actually yeah 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 uh i'm looking i'm looking forward to uh uh, an event in a long distant future. Lads, did I tell you? I'm going to say it on the air now. Did I tell you? I was so disgusted with myself and all the amount of stuff that I put inside my system. I did a really extreme thing and I, I, I committed to waiting until June before I have any more either wine or beer or anything. And, and I have so many different fitness goals between now and then as well. Now, hopefully they'll come pretty thick and fast. But the other thing's going to be a slog. I don't know why I said I wouldn't have wine till June. I hope I don't crack, but I'm going to try. I'm you going have to a try. whole semester of teaching to get through without wine. Wow. This, this is the whole. I, I've got a parent-teacher meeting. How am I going to get through a parent-teacher meeting without being drunk? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, that, that was a joke in case any listeners want to report <laughs> me to the school board. In fact, go ahead. I dare you. Um, Lisa Marie, we were very boozy. I'm sure you're going to raise the tone about your intro. Oh, of course. First of all, <laughs> I would like to say greetings from frozen Middle Tennessee, where this time last week it was 22 degrees. And when I got up this morning, it was minus 11. And we got <laughs> four or five inches of snow yesterday. So started snowing about 730 in the morning and finally quit at three in the afternoon. So it's cold here. Just saying. Wow. And are that you, wasn't are my you intro. That was just, you know. But can I can I just see. can I can I just get into this with you? Are you prepared in your neck of the woods for that extreme? Like do you have snow tires? Do you have like do you do you go digging your drives? Is is this a thing you're used to doing? Because when I think Tennessee, I don't think snow. Oh no. Um in fact, you do well sometimes. Now luckily this time it was just snow. What can be horrible which we had last year was we had freezing rain so we had ice and then we had snow and then we had more ice on top of it so we pretty much didn't go anywhere for i don't know four or five days um they really don't the best they really do they will salt the roads especially if they know it's coming to kind of help um they can usually get the main roads cleared but generally like your neighborhoods your side streets those can oftentimes just be you're on your own um, so there's always a run on the store for bread and milk and, you know, 
that type of stuff if if snow is predicted. And of course, kids were out of school. Um, they went back Wednesday, and then they were out yesterday and today. It's supposed to be significantly warmer over the weekend, so it should be melted away and and gone by Monday. So, um, in fact, if not by tomorrow. So yeah, um, it's just it. Yeah, no. It, they tell you if you if you don't need to go out, don't go out. Um, and yeah, because honestly, I'm not necessarily afraid to drive in it. I'm more afraid of the other people on the road who think they can drive in it. Well, a, 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 a word, a, a word of, of, of caution um, around that. I, I, and I think you're exactly right. I had very much the same attitude, and I, well, we, we get snow here. It's tame by comparison, I guess. Um, but I mean, you're talking about frozen roads and, and certainly a couple of inches of snow and. I made my way, I, I think I've like a 35 minute commute across country roads to the school that I live in, uh, or that I live in, Christ, that I work in. And um, the re- last really bad snow, I was the only person who made it into school and all of the rest of them live in the fricking town, right? <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, okay, it appears that I am less than intimidated by the snow here. So I went again the second day uh, and that was my mistake. I don't know what I was trying to prove to anybody, but some asshole came at me on a back road. The, the, you know when the snow is uh, and the ice is at such a stage that you have set tracks in the road and you got to drive in them because they are frozen hard. And yes. if you don't drive in those grooves, you're kind of screwed. Well, yes. our, our pal came at me in the grooves that I was in and wasn't moving so i sort of it was like a game of chicken and i sort of decided i'd like to live and i pulled to the left bad move bad move my beloved volkswagen golf that i had back in the day was my first one i loved it so much spun it completely spun it completely i ended up emerging from the ditch which was like five feet down to the left it was a really bad place place to come off the road um like a tank commander you know when you i was opening my door and it was like you know when you, the tank commander comes out of the top of the tank <laughs> uh, and i was surveying my car and the wreckage and i was like shaking my fist at the asshole who'd just gone by and didn't stop and I, it was it's one of the most comically awful moments of my life so yeah uh you may trust yourself i did but you can't trust these other idiots. So anyway, I've taken you off course. What was it you were going to, what were you going to open with? Well, um, there is a pretty well-known person whose birthday would be tomorrow. So I have a couple quotes about said individual and I want to see if, if either you or Cam can figure out who it is. Cool. All right. Adolf Hitler. <laughs> Wait for the quotes. No. Sorry. <laughs> can I give the no. Okay. A lot has been written about why he was so great, but I think the best way to appreciate his greatness is to just go back and play some of the old records. Time has a way of being very unkind to old records, but his keep getting better and better. Okay, I've got a, I've got an idea already, um, but I would like another one. But I think I've got an idea. Cam, do you want to guess at this stage? Okay, give us All one right, more. All right, this one this one will probably do it. What would soon be known as rock and roll, with a voice that bore strains of the Grand Old Opry in Beale Street, of country and the blues, at that moment, he ensured 
instinctively, unknowingly, that pop music would never again be as simple as black and white. Okay, I, 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 now you've thrown me because I thought I knew it. And now you're talking about the Grand <laughs> Ole Opry and you've totally thrown me. I thought I was going to say it was Bowie. Nope. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Cam? It's not Massey Tongue then, is it? Um, <laughs> Pol Pot? Um, Stalin? No, I did Stalin before, didn't I? Not Lenin. Um, I'm going to say Presley. Yes. Tomorrow would be Elvis Presley's birthday. He would be 86 years old. So. 86 years old. Okay. Which is it. just very strange to me to think about because... You know, of course, I mean, he died in 1977. So, yeah. So born January 8th, 1935 um, and passed away August 16th, 1977. So. I used to love watching his films as a kid. <laughs> Did Gen- you? Yeah, because it's like he he was a good actor or, or I felt he was, you know, from what I remember. And, uh, and he could sing and he just had a, a, a great combination of, you know, the the reasonably good films you know because let's be honest we only had three tv channels when i was a, a nipper bbc one bbc two and itv yeah and, you know you didn't have an awful lot of choice so if a movie came on with elvis presley and you watched that movie and you enjoyed that movie because you didn't have yeah. a choice otherwise do you get me so, yeah i do i do i do i, I know kid, exactly what you mean. i used yeah. to love elvis presley movies and i couldn't tell you anything about any one of them now yeah, well, they all had that sort of Technicolor vibe, and like the thing about Elvis was, it was like you were just watching the star. Right? We only had a black and white TV, Trev. Oh, okay. like you, you know, uh, one in the east dude, wing, one in the north wing, one in the west I, wing, one in the south wing. It's it's only the last few years that I've become absolutely filthy rich. Before um, that, before that, I was I was badly impoverished. Uh, we had we had black and white TV as well. I don't know what you're on about. Yeah. We had two we had two channels. So all oh, right, you know, okay. Shove that up your jacksie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm the winner then. Chicken dinner. <laughs> yeah, but I think the thing with Elvis was it, it, you were watching a star. He was just a fucking Everybody star. Everybody he was, didn't they? It was the yeah. charisma. I mean, yeah, the there was just something charisma. about That's him. what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. He's like, he's, he's, just a, he's just a ridiculously kind of beautiful creature. And he's got this presence. And then, as Cam says, then he starts singing. You're going... Okay, <laughs> you've got me there, pal. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I, I'd have to disagree. I didn't. Most of the movies I thought, even at the time, were a bit fluffy. But it's just watching this star doing his thing. You know what I mean? I, I think that's basically what it is. That's how I feel when I watch um, the only musical that I can watch that I like is Guys and Dolls because you've got Sinatra and Brando, and they're both young and they're both incredibly charismatic. So I can watch that all day, and I hate musicals. Well, it's just watching two stars being stars in front of you. It's great, you know. So I, I think that's what it probably is. Oh, and I, for well, the record, my parents did not name me Lisa Marie after Lisa Marie Presley. I think you, I think you clarified that before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, 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 it, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I, that was kind of an online Twitter discussion at, at some point several months ago. So I just wanted to put it on record here on the podcast <laughs> that, and and I wasn't even, you know, I wasn't born in Tennessee. I was born in Ohio. So it was just, it was. It was one of those things. They actually thought I was going to be a boy, so they really only had a boy name picked out. And here I came um, along, and so it was like, well, we like Lisa. Marie goes well. Okay. So anyway, so I was probably they, over, they, they overcompensated and gave you two girl names. Well, yeah. 
Yes, I wow, guess. Wow, <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I've come straight into the psychology of your parents there. I apologize. Uh, we, should, <laughs> we should start moving towards some football-related content. Um, <clears throat> Before you do, uh, Trent, quick, yes, just a quick one. Have you ever been to a Sound of Musical uh, showing? A Sega, have I, have, like, have I ever seen a musical live? Or you know, have I ever uh, seen musical, the Sound of Musical? Musical or gone to a film? You know, uh, in the cinema of it, and it, have you seen how everybody dresses up? As it, oh, where they do that for the sound of music? Or, I have seen that. I've never uh, been. Nazis or whatever. It's just <laughs> really, really bizarre. I know like for a Rocky Horror Show and yeah, the Rocky Horror, Horror Picture Show. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went yeah, to a sound I, of musical I, I, uh, film once, and um, somebody dragged me along, and um, so I'm like, I don't really want to go. And it's like, no, it's my favorite film. You got to come with me. You got to. Oh, I really don't want to go. It's not my cup of tea. And I got dragged along, and, and I was like, what the hell have I walked into? Uh, who, who, Were they who singing followed? along to the songs too? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's a huge part of it, right? The, the singing along thing. But like, what I'm wondering is, who who voluntarily chooses to dress as a Nazi going to the sound of music? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? those people yeah. right okay I'm obviously just badly out of touch yeah. um yeah so, and can I just get for the record then did you hate the experience or did you quite enjoy it or what I mean it was odd sat there in normal clothes as such or as normal as I, I dress anyway um yeah. and um <laughs> looking around and thinking i feel out of place but uh, at the same time i sort of didn't because i sort of watched the movie uh, you know and just watched the movie but it, it's it is weird you've you've you know I, I i i get why they do it it's a bit of fun and all that you know i'm not here to be a killjoy or anything like that um but if you're not into it as heavily as those people are then it, and you do feel like you know you shouldn't be there yeah well subcultures are weird like that imagine one of those people being on the liverpool podcast you know they're gonna think we're really odd talking about this stuff and uh, <laughs> they're gonna feel deeply uncomfortable and then they'll look across to you in the cinema where we're recording the podcast and you'd be sitting there in your um uh your leather vest and your tight red pant and they'll go i'm not even dressed like this person i i, I feel so out of place in my nazi outfit um right Probably let's get on with it <laughs> we said we'd have a look back over as usual we'd have a look back over the events of the week now it's been a really weird week to be a liverpool fan because like uh, the examples already given from our own uh, lives <clears throat> and i was talking about my setup at, at work um, so many, if you listen to this, would be able to relate to it. They've been dropping like flies around uh, Melwood. And we saw the training ground, no, not Melwood, the uh, new training ground um, closed. Kirkby. Um, Kirkby closed um, for a couple of days. I think it reopened again today. I think it closed Tuesday. Um, That's right. So it's been a very weird time we you know the last time out we played we had um pep linders on the sideline doing bits in our two old draw and then jürgen obviously uh, isolating and uh, i can't remember whether he was sick or not I, 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 at this stage those kind of details 
I don't really pay a huge amount of attention to them. I should, I suppose I should, but everybody just, it seems, it's so ever shifting that it, it seems silly to be paying too much attention to that. And then, you know, we've had the lads leaving for AFCON, of course, you know, I think there's a little bit of gloominess that has crept in on the back of a couple of recent results um, for us, on the back of City opening up a lead, on the back of the fact that certain decisions seem to be going in their favour, certain things seem to be falling their way. And I've, I've seen a tremendous amount of gloom and writing off the whole prospects of the league. And, you know, it's it's kind of easy enough to understand it's a weird week. It's been a really weird week to the extent that I don't know, probably because there was no match on which to focus. I really did detach this week, lads, in a way that I haven't before. And I so saw I'm very curious to see what will be your takeaway story from the week. So let me start with you, Lisa Marie. Like, I mean, you know, we try to do this where we look back over the week and see, can we pick out a football story? Not always easy. Um to narrow it down normally but this week it's a matter of wow I'm sort of grasping at straws here so what did you come up with well yeah um (laughs) it was a weird week and and I kind of did very much the same you did Trevor I just sort of put it off to one side um because so much of what you were seeing online or wherever was was just so doom and gloom and you know you know, life as we know it is over and yeah, just all of that. Um, I, you know, and I think this has already been kind of spoken about. I, I think, you know, bright spots from the Chelsea game, um, of course was Kelleher's performance. I think he did, you know, an amazing job, um, under slightly different, you know, difficult circumstances. And that's probably about the only bright spot I'd have to take out of, out of that. But as far as the story, I mean, you know, it, the the transfer rumors are as, you know, crazy as ever. That didn't take long to kick in, I don't think. <laughs> the, no, no. The wild speculation. <laughs> um, and, you know, and it it really did amaze me. And I don't know if it's just because it's now focused on us, but all the whining and crying about um, Liverpool, you know, petitioning to postpone the Arsenal match from yesterday um, mm. was, you know, and again, I don't know if it's just because it was more focused on because it was Liverpool asking. And so therefore you're, you're seeing the specific complaints or whatever highlighted in, you know, in my Twitter timeline or whatnot, you know, because it was focused, you know, specifically on us as opposed to, you know, just in general, you know, the other requests for postponements and, and everything that, you know, had been coming in the previous couple weeks. But I mean, it sounds as though, and, and there's been very little information about, you know, who has tested positive, just that a number of the players now have. So it will be very interesting to see who actually plays in the match on Sunday. Cause yes. I, I can't even imagine. Yeah, well, you know, that, that that's that's a really interesting um, angle to take it from. And of course, I kind of stepped all over the fact that since we've spoken last, that Chelsea game did take place. But I don't know if, if you guys are OK with it. It feels kind of like 
It, it feels, does feel like old news. It yeah. does feel like old news. And you're, you're, I think you're absolutely right to highlight the Kelleher thing. And, and by the way, Cam, if I'm stepping on your toes, feel free to, if there's something you want to talk about with that game, absolutely. But we should look at this idea of the, 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 the cancellation and the specific COVID-related cancellation because it started to get a little bit sort of, um, I think everybody's getting a little bit antsy about it um, when the news was breaking on the 5th that Pep Linders... Uh, was the latest uh, to to fall to the uh, to the the COVID uh, uh, plague, and uh, Pep Linders it says on the um, official website, and I wouldn't mind talking to you about this. Pep Linders returns suspected positive COVID nineteen test, and I think this is goes towards what you're talking about, Lisa Marie, because obviously we know they do the the lateral flow test or whatever, the antigen test. And then if that comes up positive and then another one, then they go and do the, they do the PCR, which um, had been thought of as being the gold standard. And now, of course, they're realizing what had been known for a long time, that it's a kind of a scattergun thing, that it shows uh, up um, positive um, traces for a long, long time after you are infectious or contagious or even symptomatic. So there's there's constantly shifting things here, but let me just put it to you before we move away from this, seeing as you brought it up, Lisa Marie. I would say that the weird phrasing of that, he returned suspected positive COVID-19. No, it's either a positive antigen test or it's not. So it, he might have a suspected case of COVID-19. He's had a positive antigen test. And now we're going to see if the PCR will sign off on it because that's the methodology they're using. Or he's had a positive test and he's asymptomatic because, I mean, that happens as well. But you can't have a suspected positive test. No, no, you're right. You know? I mean, it's like being a little bit pregnant. Um, yeah, exactly like being a little I know bit that pregnant. Too. You do. Uh, you, you eat much more of that Terry's chocolate orange and you will definitely know all the that. The white chocolate, I'm telling white you. White chocolate, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Sorry. sorry, sorry. Yeah. So what I'm trying to get at here, and maybe I'm just being a bit around the houses about is, is it probably very understandable that the this vague language, Lisa Marie, is being used because nobody wants to tip their hat to the opposition while there is still com- competition in situ. You don't want to give your opponents, your next opponents, any idea as to who is and who isn't available if you can and if you can, because I don't think it's to do with privacy, really, as much as I think it's just about not letting anyone else know what's going on with your squad. No, I, I agree. And I mean, I think at this point in time, if, you know, previously, a couple of weeks ago, when we, we started seeing matches being postponed, you know, because of this, and there was, you know, suspicions that you know teams like say Leeds it had more to do with their injuries than it did necessarily with COVID you know if other teams did not have to provide some list of who is tested positive then why should we why should you know why all of a sudden because it's Liverpool why should we have to you know hand you a list of you know whatever players and coaching staff have have returned a positive or suspected positive test you know if if it wasn't required Hired for Leicester or Leeds or Newcastle or, or whoever else, then then you know why the uproar over Liverpool? Yeah, I think that's fair. I really do think that's fair. And 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 you know we can we've with the week that's in it actually, um, where 
the TV show Anne has been airing and um, I think an awful lot of people are sort of getting an education for the first time um, in the greater British public uh, about what happened around Hillsborough, about the in- incredibly cruel injustice that followed for decades and continues until um, there are people held accountable. Um, in that week, where again, maybe like Lisa Marie, maybe I'm only seeing the bad stuff, but you're seeing, like I say, some people getting an education, but also you see the worst of people as well. And they're pushing back and they're making all those horrible comments that came out in the wake of any disasters or anything bad that ha- or befalls the city of Liverpool. There seems to be this inbuilt prejudice um, in certain parts of the United Kingdom against the city. Uh, we all know what the stereotypes are. I'm not going to give them any um, uh, oxygen by repeating them. But you see them coming out and you see the nasty side in people. And I wonder, does that tie in a little bit to this sort of begrudgery then around the idea that we might possibly get a game cancelled or anything go in our favour? <laughs> because Christ knows it hasn't so far this year. What? How, how would you weigh in on all of this, Cam? I think it's 79 or 18 Premier League games have been postponed due to COVID-related cases within okay. squads. Um we obviously Liverpool then had to we requested a postponement to I would have assumed to get a postponement you would have had to have a certain number of positive COVID cases within your 25 man squad that to get a positive COVID case uh, you have to have a PCR uh, a PCR test then don't you that is then an official record that says player A is positive and has to isolate for 10 days or whatever the isolation period is right now. Yeah. yeah? If you get a certain number, say the, the rules will be set by the EFL, the Premier League and the FA. The rules are right. there. Right. Let, let so, me interrupt you. Let me let me go on. let me interrupt your flow. I don't I don't like doing it, but let me interrupt your flow because I, I've got personal experience with this. Right. So this week we were talking about this in our place of work. And we we're saying, you know, if there is X amount of teachers uh, they call in on a given morning and they're not available. I mean, we can't really run the place. So we're looking at having to maybe send a year group home, right? Something like that. Right. Um, but we're making this shit up as we go along. The guidelines aren't really <laughs> there. And I'm wondering, is it the uh, same with our glorious no, institutions that we're I talking about here? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. And we the don't reason know, I, say do I don't think it is because COVID has been around in football now for for the same matter period for everyone. We had the COVID situation where we had to, obviously with the lockdown, and then we came back and there was a hoorah, uh, null and void the league because obviously nobody wanted Liverpool to win the league. But the rules would have been set by the free set authorities, free set organisations, free set associations, sorry, of what will happen in cases of COVID. That's what I would like to think. I'd like I know, to fit, man. I know. Glass like half full, Cam. Glass half full. Yeah. Well, yeah, I am being half full because I'm, I'm because I'm, at the end of the day, Leeds have managed to postpone two, three games. You know, United had a couple of games postponed, and if you look at it, they've they, they've had games postponed because of COVID. They've not had games postponed because of injuries. 
It's only been because of COVID. So there has to be a criteria there to get a game postponed. And it's like it has to be a number of cases. The only way you can prove those cases is by a PCR test and submitting that PCR test to the relevant authorities and saying we've got 10 players who have got COVID. That has decimated our squad down to 15. We cannot then be expected to fulfil this fixture. Mm. The, the, the rules have got to be there. There's got to be something in black and white for them to for these clubs to go back to the association and say, we've we've hit this criteria. We we now request a postponement. Hence why we're having postponements. You can't just suddenly say, well, we've got one COVID case, positive, one positive COVID case. We want to get the, the game uh, uh, suspended. There has to be a number. Why don't so we know the number? Why, why don't we know the number? Why is there no transparency around this? Why is there a situation where Liverpool fans are having to listen to other assholes on their timelines and, and social media uh, saying, oh, yeah, typical, typical Liverpool. Or whatever the word is. No, no, but why, what I'm saying is, why can't we just point to the number and say, that's why? If, well, if what you're saying is right, because nobody why, else why are we has. not all aware of this? Because no other club has. So why should Liverpool have to do that? It should have no, been done saying, by the, it should have been no, done no, by no, the no, first no. club. It should have been done by the first club. You're right. I, I understand what you're saying. It should have been done by the first club. And the association should have come out and said, right, they've had eight players who have tested positive. They have now the right to get that game postponed. Because right, so, so day, every... it's about also it's also about trying to ensure that teams are able to field as strong a playing 11 as possible. Injuries are part of the game. We know that. That's that's a different issue. Getting COVID and wiping out eight or nine players in one hit. Say say the say it's eight for argument's sake, and you get eight players suddenly out of your squad in one go. That that's a big hit. It's yeah. not four or five or three or four. You can cope with that. That's part and parcel of the game. But to suddenly get eight players out, bang, just like that. That's yeah, a, I, 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 that, I, again, that's again, yeah, and again, and, and let me bring you back in to finish the chat on this, Lisa Marie, because you you introduced the subject. What's killing <laughs> me here is that no, 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 it's and it's it's, it's a really it's a really important topic, and what's still killing me here, and I, I fully appreciate what Cam's saying, but what's killing me here is that Cam's saying there must be or there should be or there has to be. And I don't understand why we don't know it. And even if they want to have a, a, a like a you know some sort of uh, not secretive is the wrong word. If they want to have some privacy around the issue, there should be just like say the number eight can picked out of the blue there. Say right eight. So anything eight or north of eight means that the game is postponed. And that is what we're going to do for all clubs. These should not be uh, adjudged on an ad hoc basis. They should be adjudged according to a common rule. And my question is again. Why do we not know that rule at this bloody stage? As Cam says, right. it's been with us for ages. What do you reckon? No, I, I, I agree with you. And, and I was saying that a couple of weeks ago, just talking to my husband about, you know, whatever game. It may have been about the time the Leeds game was canceled. You know, I said, you know, you're hearing all of this. You know, I wish they would come out and say this is, you know, the Premier League, let's say, for example, because now I think that's what's also coming into play is you've got and I don't know this for sure, but it's almost looking like there's one set of criteria to cancel a Premier League game. 
And then there's another set of criteria for the individual, you know, for the two cut, you know, that are going on in, in canceling those games. So why don't these organizations come out and say, this is the criteria to, you know, have consideration for the match to be canceled. You've got to have X amount of players, you know, test positive, you know, in the first team or, or whatever it is, just so there's some transparency in how these decisions are being made. So it doesn't feel as though they're being made in a vacuum or on even almost a case by case basis. Yeah, I, 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 and I again, that's the word that's been absent from almost all of this. And I don't. I can understand clubs playing their cards close to their chest because of the thing I was saying. You don't want to see the advantage. Right, yeah, I mean, I, you don't need to say, and the Liverpool players who tested positive exactly, are exactly. Allison, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you don't back, even, you, blah, blah, blah. No. you don't even have to give the number north of the minimum. You just have yeah. to say, yes, we have, we fulfill this criteria, sadly, so therefore. But the fact that it's not out there in the open, the fact that we're still, it just isn't it so typical of how the whole thing is being dealt with across the globe really in terms of i don't know what you guys are like in your local regions well i i do kind of know what cam's like in his local region because i see the news from there all the time but you know you just you've got cowboys making stuff up as they go along and i just it feels a bit like that there should there is no reason why we shouldn't all be absolutely aware of what that number is because it would stop all this stupid over and back nonsense um and I, f- I find it frustrating. I have to say, I do find it frustrating. But let's take a, 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 a twist away from that topic and go to whatever it was you want to reflect on for the football week, Cam. Enjoying this podcast? Then why not supercharge your support for the Reds with Anfield Index Pro? With around 30 premium podcasts every month, AI Pro offers the very best reviews, reaction and debate on all things LFC. From the acclaimed statistics and deep dive analytics found in our Under Pressure podcast to the transfer links, scouting reports and fast live reaction shows we record after every match, AI Pro is home to our very best content. With regular appearances by Reds legends like Jan Molby and Sir Kenny Dalglish, plus insight from journalists, sports scientists, coaches and psychologists, we'll help bring you closer to the club you love. There's never been a better time to take AI Pro for a test drive. Available on all popular podcast platforms with free apps for iOS and Android. You can try it absolutely free with no strings attached. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com to start your seven-day free trial now. Okay, I'm just trying to find something. Right, okay. My um, my other football topic, it's um, not Liverpool, but it's... Not Liverpool related, but there's a Liverpool connection. So I'm just going to read a quote and then you, you'll know exactly where I am. And then um, we can take it from there. OK. I told him, stay here and they will end up building a statue in your honour. Go somewhere else to Barcelona, Bayern, Real Madrid, and you will be just another player. Here, you can be something more. Yeah, well, yep. <laughs> yeah, and um, that's a really interesting story that's kind of just breaking today, really. Um, I don't know if the rumour started yesterday, but um, I was only aware of 
And maybe the rumours did start yesterday, but then we all of a sudden we saw the photographs today and it's like, holy shit, uh, that's weird. That looks weird. Um, and of course, for those of you who don't know what Cam's talking about, we're on about Phil Coutinho, who, um, you know, should have been part of the success under Klopp at Liverpool, but decided to jump ship and it has gone very, very badly wrong for him to the extent, and this is not to demean Aston Villa, but to the extent that he is now signing for Aston Villa um, halfway through season, uh, completely unwanted by Barcelona um, after several seasons of underachievement there. Um, I haven't followed it as closely as other people um, can, but so I'm not, I can't say that maybe he's been treated badly. I don't honestly know. I tend to turn off in terms of interest in players after they leave, unless they're absolute favourites of mine like Robbie Fowler, I didn't care where he played. I wanted to follow Robbie because I, mm. I kind of imprinted a bit on Robbie as a as a fan, you know. Uh, anyone who went, you know, if 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 a massive hero of mine went elsewhere, I remember again my podcast buddy when he was playing with uh, the likes of Norwich. I was like, I want to watch Malby playing for Norwich. Oh, you know sure. what I mean? But 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 that's a different different category. Continue for me wasn't in that Torres wasn't in that Suarez wasn't in that category for me when when they go I don't really care so I haven't followed it as closely I mean has it been his own doing has he has his form dropped off a cliff massively like what 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 do you know of this situation I mean I couldn't tell you uh too much detail about how he's been playing or or anything like that but what I can tell you is um he's he's uh He's not been a roaring success uh, at Barcelona. He, he he's made 76 appearances for him, scoring 17 goals. So, you know, it's it's a goal every four games or three games, four games, sorry, um, which isn't the return you'd expect from Phil Coutinho. I mean, he went to Bayern Munich for a, a season and he's and he scored uh, eight goals in 23, which is one in one in three for and from midfielder that. that uh, that was quite a good return then uh, at Bayern Munich. Um, he's been at Barcelona under, I think, three different managers now, um, and he he just hasn't he just hasn't performed. I mean, uh, he he left in horrible circumstances. I think you know the way he went about leaving was very it was he made Torres look an angel, yeah, uh, in the way he did it, and and that's what really soured it. You know, he he. He, he was performing brilliantly. He was having his best best time at Liverpool, you know, up until the point he left. And then, you know, it, it came to the, I think he left in the January transfer window, didn't he? Yeah. Um, yep. And um, in uh, 2018. And it was, uh, he left in a really, really bad way. And I think from um, what Gags has said in the past, we, he was lucky enough to be on a flight to um, Boston, I think it was, and uh, he got upgraded and he was sat next to Michael Edwards and Dave Fallows, I think it was, and they quite categorically told him he's never coming back to the club under Jurgen Klopp. Yeah. You know, it, it, he's left. Burned he's that done. bridge. He's burned that bridge completely. Um, yeah. And, it, and it's not because he wa- they didn't want him to stay. It's because as a club, they... They felt he was no longer uh, important to him. He wasn't a, a priority to him. They they've got other targets now to look at, 
And and I think rightly so, because, you know, just going by the, the numbers I've given, he's not performed, you know, in a in a goal scoring capacity anyway. Um, I wouldn't take him back, but I could see why people wanted him back. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. when he was at Liverpool, he was a world-class player. Barcelona paid up to 442 million for him, which at the time was, a, I think that was the second highest transfer fee, wasn't it? Still is, I believe, um, with the add-ons. Obviously, they didn't pay the full, uh, the full fee in the end because of uh, not all the criteria was met, even though a lot of the criteria should have been easily met. But because of the way Phil has been playing at the club or not playing at the club, he hasn't met all that criteria for us to get all those add-ons. So, um He's, know, he's, 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 he's such, I mean, in hindsight, he's been such a fool. I mean, you remember the meme going around uh, with him, Bobby, Moe and Sadio as the Fab Four. Do you remember yeah. that? With the lads' faces over the Beatles. And I, I remember just thinking, look at the talent there. And that's before really we fully understood just how wonderful um, all of those guys were. I think they only played and about be- one or two games together. That's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. I, if you feel a little, you feel, you felt a little bit robbed at the time. Yeah. And then you thought, okay, look, it's good money for a guy who do, doesn't want to be here. So off with you. I mean, listen, Marie, let, let's look at this from another angle. Um, one of the things that we talked about on this show not that long ago was the idea that, um, you know, of the, the whole Stevie Gerrard as a successor to Klopp thing, and we were kicking about. I think we were all sort of in, in a comparative accord here as regards, well, he better win a few trophies and then we can talk uh, kind of thing. But one of the things that Kloppo has is that people want to play for him. And I'm wondering, does Stevie have that pull too? Because is that the reason, really, that a, a player of the comparative stature, okay, a bit of a fallen star over the last couple of years, but the, the stature that Coutinho has, or had at least in the game, to be going to Villa, um, you know, who hats off. Again, I don't mean this in this disrespectful way. It's probably primarily because of Stevie, isn't it? Well, but I don't know that it's exactly the same thing because Coutinho played with Gerard, right? Here at Liverpool, right at the end of his career or at least knew him oh, from God, yeah. being here. Um, oh, played two or three seasons together. Yeah, I, I thought there was a little bit of overlap. I mean, not massive, but so it would be a little bit different. I mean, I see where you're, what you're saying, Trev, but but it's it's not exactly like, you know, I don't know. Well, it's not a good example either. Um, but Holland saying that he wants to come play for Jurgen Klopp, you know. Yeah. never has played with him or anything or you know so it's a little bit different but I would imagine you know and it may even be a little bit of Gerard feels bad for the kid you know and and wants to maybe see him get a fresh start somewhere else um and and this could potentially you know give Coutinho that that opportunity um you know to be a little bit fair to him you know Barcelona's been a little bit on the downside sounds a little downslide sounds a little harsh but but since he came you know they've been past their sort of glory days so you have to wonder if you know if he had gone to them a year or two earlier if his t- 
time with them would have turned out a little bit differently. You know, I don't know, um, you know, because I haven't really seen him. The only game I remember seeing him play since he left Liverpool was when he was on loan at Byron and they played against Barcelona in that Champions League game and he scored twice against them, which I thought was kind of funny. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, and, and testimony to the fact that he is actually a wonderful footballer. And in much and all, as I was miffed, like Cam was, uh, that, you know, the, that he left in the way that he left. I mean, you could, there was no denying he was wonderful. And he actually had developed, I, I don't know if you'd agree with me, Cam, but he had developed a, a couple of different sides to his game. I mean, I remember him in one or two of his out, outings under Klopp, he showed like a real hunger for um, other sides of the game apart from the dribbling and shooting part. Do you know what I mean? He he seemed to be interested in, in midfield industry as well. Yeah. And I was thinking, wow, this could be really, this is not a Coutinho I've seen before. I, I'd love to see this guy develop. And well, it wasn't to be. I mean, on the, on the, the Gerrard connection there, I mean, do you reckon... The, the, the comparative twinkly star power of Stevie Gerrard is going to help Aston Villa over the ne- the next while, maybe uh, collect another Coutinho or two. Um, that, there will be a certain pull, um, for sure, because you know he was a legend of the game, um, arguably Liverpool's greatest ever football player, and you know that carries a, a significant amount of uh, kudos and. Uh, um, pull factor. Gerard will ultimately be judged on results. Um, you know, we've said that before, and um, that will ultimately be what attracts players to the club. Um, people will, you know, Aston Villa are, are a huge club. Let's 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 not get away from that. You know, they they won the European Cup twice. Um, no, once. Sorry, once uh, the beat Bayern Munich, if I remember rightly, Peter Wood scored. Um, they're 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 a huge club, you know. They they won they won the they won the English First Division back in the day. Uh, you know, uh, they they they're they're a massive club. You know, they have got a massive following. Um, I I'm not sure they will attract top top players or anything like that. But what they will certainly attract is players who may be looking to get to the top. They will be a step. They are a stepping stone club. And I think for Phil Coutinho now, this is a probably a way of him showcasing himself in the Premier League for the next five, five, six months, um, showing the bigger clubs what he's about, what he can do. And it might not work for him to get a move to a bigger club. I mean, and when I say a bigger club than Aston Villa, you know, I mean, I'm talking about the historical top six. So, you know, the Arsenals, the Tottenham's, um, is West Ham now in the top six? I don't know. Um, they're certainly up there, but would Phil Coutinho be happy to go to West Ham? I'm not sure. Um, would he, if they were in Europe, maybe. But it, it might get him noticed by a club in uh, in Europe. You know, uh, maybe uh, one of the higher clubs in Germany or um, he may even go back to Italy. You know, his, his, his game might be, it might be that, you know, he can't handle the physicality and the pace of the game here in, um, in the Premier League. And uh, the slightly slower place of Italy might be more suited to his game now. We'll see, won't we? We'll see, and it'll be interesting to watch. Um, 
but of course, this being a Liverpool show, uh, predominantly when we're not talking about snow and um, uh, COVID and Bailey's and Disarano and Disarano, oh, I could do with a glass now. Listening to poetry read by our uh, mellifluous-voiced uh, Tennessean, we have a focus on our own club, and of course, I had asked you to. Look, if we can't indulge in a bit of transfer talk during the freaking transfer window, <laughs> then when can we do it? Now, I, you know, you know my take on this. I'm very fatalistic when it comes to the lot that run the club in terms of them opening their checkbooks and buying players. Um, I, 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 and I'm God, I'm the opposite of FSG out. I'm pretty much very happy with most of what they do, but yeah. I do think there were there have been a couple of times when investment would have meant success or at least would have very much helped us achieve success and when we have a more, gener- success. more success and when we have a generationally excellent squad and manager i want us to win fucking everything so i want them to open their freaking checkbooks and i want to sign players and i don't care if that sounds infantile to some people who want to open their spreadsheets and talk about um net spend Sorry, you're boring me already. Um, take your spreadsheets elsewhere. I am a fan. I want my team to win, and I want nice, shiny things. This makes me a magpie. So be it. Don't give a shit. I'd like to know if you are indulging in magpie mode. Let's have an idea of maybe a realistic target and maybe a crazy target. Or what can, do you have... Maybe the, maybe the conversation is going to be very short because maybe you're just going to agree with me and go, Trev, it's not going to happen. Shut up. Let's move on to the next topic. So let's hear where you're going with this. Alicia Marie, we'll start with you. I mean, what from what you can pick up, and of course, like, I mean, if you look at the website, look just look at the, the official website. I'm just going to open it here. Man opens website live on show. This is great listening. Right, okay. So here we have, and every day on the website, there will be a little media section. And it will have all the stories that we are linked, all the players that we're linked with and all the different papers and all the different outlets. And this is on the official website. So it's not like it's being discouraged. It's actively encouraged. Now, granted, interestingly enough, I have the website open here. And from the 2nd of January to today, and we're recording this on what day is it, lads? The 7th. The 7th. Um, There's not. Um, it's the, the website's making a liar of me but most every second day it's usually you know media watch and then it's like who's who we're being linked with so it's all over the place it's very real um in terms of stories being put out there if you open news now which is the aggregator i used to use for, oh that was a brilliant website yeah, it's it. I I I use that all the time because it's a great aggregator of Liverpool stories. Yeah. And when when I was when I was writing a column, it was a necessary um, source for me. And I'm just going to read Lisa Marie to you here. Uh, Klopp pressing to secure four hundred seven thousand pound a week star. He's convinced. That's headline one. Headline two. Liverpool agreed to pay eighty million euros for winger with inverted commas, deal underway. Uh, next one, Pundit predicts Liverpool have new signing ready to go in inverted commas after Luke Edwards reports in the last 24 hours. Next one, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating here, next one, 
Liverpool have readied £67 million offered to beat Old Trafford and PIF to Distinguished Goal Machine. And the next one, Liverpool ready to make second biggest bid in club history for sensational player. And one more, Liverpool can revitalise midfield by beating Chelsea and Manchester United to elite £42 million star. Now, all of those are different numbers. So therefore, I presume all of those are different links to different players. You can't escape it. But it somehow doesn't feel real to me. Well, where do you stand on all this? I I think, you know, these people have a job to do and they need to fill column space. You know, I don't know. I mean, I've seen everything from Robert Lewandowski, which, by the way, I would like um, just because I like his name, because I have an uncle whose name was Robert Lewandowski, although we pronounce no. it differently over here. We used to say Robert Lewandowski. But anyway, really? Wow. Yeah, okay, my uncle and good. godfather. <laughs> My godfather, he has been he passed away, sadly, many, many years ago. Um, he, he died very young. But but his name has always caught my eye because I'm like, wait a minute, Uncle Bob. So anyway, um, <laughs> Brilliant. Uncle Bob, the gold machine. Yeah. Hello. Who, I mean, <laughs> was of Polish descent. I mean, full hundred percent, um, you know, of Polish descent. So, you know, I'm just saying there may be a connection there. Um. But yeah, you know, I don't know. The only one that might, might, might have some truth behind it would be um, the Porto player. Was it Luis Diaz? Luis Diaz, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Maybe um, just because that one doesn't seem to have gone away. I mean, it. yeah, that's kind of always been a little bit of my criteria is how much potential truth is in some of these. Is it? If you keep seeing things pop up, that kind of makes you think, well, maybe there's something to it. Um, but, yeah, I don't I mean, I do hope and I think and and I think Diaz is maybe a strong possibility just because he's a midfield player. And, and that is certainly a need um, we have right now. But, you know, I don't know. I And I mean, I do think, you know, do you think we need to move some people out? In order to get someone in, do you think there's, you know, truth behind that? And you're seeing some talk about, you know, Divacarie is maybe going somewhere and Nat Phillips is maybe going somewhere. So I, I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. I mean, I think I've said this before when we talked about it a few weeks ago. For me, I just, I used to make myself when I first started really getting more involved with Liverpool and where, you know, when they started talking about players whose names I would actually, you know, recognize or know from somewhere else. But then after like last summer, I just was like, you know what, if we sign someone, then I'll get excited. And until then, I've just got to block this out because it's just doing my head in. Well, it was that was always my policy is until they're leaning on something at Melwood, I don't care because it's just talk. Yes. But you know, it's really well, they interesting. Don't lean at and let me, anymore, but yes, they don't lean at Melwood anymore. <laughs> so, so my my, my the last my uh, my my stance is ruined. But Cam, let me circle this back to you to give you a take on it because I read all those um, headlines out to you from from news now. The mm-hmm. first one was Liverpool have a new signing ready to go, and then when you click on the link, it says. Origi update from whoever and then the whole article is about Divock and whether he's not and they must have someone ready to go because Divock's gone right brilliant brilliant great article 
Next one says Liverpool ready 67 million bid for Man United and Newcastle radar player. Next one says um, it, it, Liverpool agreed to pay 80 million euros. And the one after that was, just bear with me, sorry. I'm thinking those uh, two were the same person. 80 million euros and 67 million is about the same. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then the other one was 67 as well. They're all the 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 the, the man that Lisa Marie mentioned, Luis Diaz. Yeah. The only other person that's been mentioned apart from Diaz um, that I can see in that opening thing is a kid from Monaco called uh, Aureline Chuameni, which I yeah. have to go and, and, yeah, and, oh, yeah. and get. get 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 matching and, and Hendrick on the case there because that's nothing I'd be aware of at all. Um, we seem to be look the Diaz things. There's a lot of stories there, right? That's that's interesting. Um, that is very interesting because you get four or five in a row and 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 they all, as you say, seem to be hovering around the same number. Talk to me about whether or not you think that's realistic. Whether you think it's realistic, you're going to get some <laughs> some recruits in, and 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 maybe 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 swivel back to what Lisa Marie was saying because we're seeing stories, and again, it could be just nonsense talk yeah. about Divock going for seven million, and Nat Phillips going for a similar amount. I mean, this seems like we'd be very much getting lowballed in that case. What's what your take? What do you want me to talk, 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 talk to me about incomings and what you'd like to see coming incomings, in. Right, and what I would not, like. then, then segue that into whether or not you think they're, they will have to be um, dependent on outgoings. Okay. Um, let me do it backwards then. Um, outgoings, Divock's uh, contract runs out in the summer. So if, he's gonna get, if we're going to get money for him, it has to be now. That's then a question of whether Divock wants to go. Now, okay. I don't think Divock will go now because it financially it won't benefit him. So Divock will more than likely go on a three because he's going to get a nice juicy signing on bonus. And let's be honest, he's he's injured right now. So how does he pass a medical? Although it yeah. has happened in the past. I'm not, I'm not saying it hasn't happened, but you know there is an injury thing there to worry about. So there is that. But Nat Phillips, again, injured. But more than likely, clubs will be looking at Nat Phillips because they know he can do a job. So I think it's more likely that Nat Phillips would go out. That's a squad place freed up. That is wages off the book. That frees up money to make a, you know, to help make a signing. So I think of those two, the Nat Phillips one is more likely because I think, like I say, because I think Devot will go for a free in the summer. Incomings, Luis Diaz. I don't know anything about the player at all. <laughs> Apart from what little I saw of him against us, against where, us he looked, yeah. he, where he looked useful, let's be no, honest. He looked, useful, he looked, he, look, looking at his numbers that have been posted up online, he's he's an output merchant. You know, he he, yeah. he ticks an awful lot of boxes. Um, I think the the figure being quoted is his release clause now, the 80 million euros. It goes down to 50, 60 million euros in the summer. Apparently, that's a big big drop in in how much you're going to pay for the player. And we're talking FSG here. Yeah? yeah. I've also seen something somebody posted online. Don't know any any truth in it. Um, we could afford to spend £230 million and still be within whatever loose rules there are for FFP. Yeah. 
Sorry. Okay. So that's how much <laughs> we could spend and still yeah. be okay, you know, because obviously we don't have hotels to sponsor us, you know, because hotels, you know, generate a lot of money, don't they? They can they can sponsor a football team. So yeah. um, a hotel, mind, a hotel. So um, I'm sure some people know what I, what I'm getting at there. Um, so what? Who would I like to see? Realistically, <laughs> um, I don't think we're going to sign anyone in this January, you know, in this January transfer window. Um, we've historically any signings we've made in January have, have been announced pretty much right at the beginning of January. It's January seventh now, and nothing's being said really, apart from the Luis Diaz one, and even. Um, you know, uh, James Pierce hasn't actually denied that. He's he said that you know he hasn't actually denied that when the transfer could or could not happen. He normally will come out and specifically you know be bad news, James, and say uh, it's not happening. He yeah. hasn't done that. So there, there there is a possibility that there's something going on in the background there. I'm sure there is. You know, the, the club will will be talking to a lot of players. Who? What would I like to see? I would like to see as announced that Mbappe's coming in the summer. <laughs> because he's on yeah, yeah. free transfer if not Mbappe yeah. uh, Pablo Diablo who, who's again a free transfer available for the summer and okay. at the end of the day he, he's a quality player I don't know how good he would you know whether he would fit us or not but from whenever I saw him at Juve uh, whatever little games are, what he's he's always looked class to me would he fit in our team I haven't got a Scooby-Doo the other one I'd love to see but I think it's more possibility that it would happen in the summer if he's available and that would be Jude Bellingham. Yeah. Okay. I think that guy is just a joy to watch. He's absolutely magical. You know, he's just got so much going for him. So, so much, you know, just pay the 80 million, get the lad in. You know, we missed a trick when we didn't get him from, um, was it Birmingham they signed him from? Um, yeah. You know, but he wouldn't have got the game time right now. Well, maybe he would have with, our, with the way our midfields turned out this season. But, you know, at the time, a young player thinking Dortmund are in for me. It's a great place to learn football. They 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 encourage youngsters. They want youngsters to play there. They they develop youngsters brilliantly. You know, you just got to look at Haaland. You just got to look at uh, Sancho. You know, look at Lewandowski, uh, Robert Lewandowski. You know, what... what what did it what happened to his game there you know um so many great players you know have have come through from Dortmund to go on to be absolutely brilliant players um and be really successful so um that's what I would like to see um and then but to top it all off I'd like to see in February um the announcement that Mo Salah signed a new contract Oh, amen. Yep. That's what I want for my birthday, which is January the 26th. <laughs> that that <laughs> seems completely reasonable. Yeah. I, 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 I did. So. The, the mole contract thing is, I think, hanging around like a very bad smell in the background, especially when people are being fatalistic about everything else. So I really wish they'd fucking do that. Um, and listen, seeing as we're being crazy town, yeah, Dibla, fantastic footballer. Obviously, Mbappe is w- w- wonderful and um jude bellingham yes but 
what the transformative signing that I'd like to see us make, because the guy's a fucking monster. Uh, if there was some way that we could leverage our money around and get Haaland at the club, I think we would scare the ever-loving shit out of every team for yeah. a couple of years. Because <laughs> he's I'm, a monster. He's just, he is, but I, I mean, I, he was in my in my radar. He was in my thoughts. One problem. What's that then? And he's going Man City. He's a Man City fan. You yeah. know, his dad played for Man City. Uh, uh, you know, uh, he, he, he's going Man City. I don't think there's anywhere else he's going. Okay, well, if that happens, with the best will in the world, if that happens, uh, we'll have to get Roy Keane at retirement to do a job on the son that he did on the father. Uh, that's just a fact. Um, Rice, even though he uh, injured himself. Even though he injured himself. <laughs> it, might, it might might get it right this time. Um, yeah. Okay, well, we should we should start wrapping up because I'm just looking at the clock here and it is getting <laughs> close to the time that we like to keep it to. We've just gone a bit north, although we were a little bit late starting from the record. So we should be around about the hour mark now um so as usual we'll just finish with some uh final thoughts if you have anything at all if you've nothing specific don't worry about it whatsoever but if you have anything you'd like to plug or mention uh feel free to do so my plug this week is not so much a plug as a little mini rant uh, over christmas i decided to get myself amazon prime and the first show that i i watched after i trolled through the movies which i was kind of underwhelmed by their Amazon Prime. You want to up your game a bit. Um, like there was a Guy Ritchie movie with Jason Statham, Wrath of Man or something. It was the newest thing that I hadn't seen. So like, fair play. But anyway, I ended up watching American Gods, which has been around for a while, but I hadn't seen it. And uh, I watched season one, very engaging season two. Okay, yeah, I'm into this now. Season three, right? I'm, I'm totally into this in the way that you're following a series. And as it was coming towards the end of episode 10, I realized that this wasn't going to wrap up. And I realized that there was no season four. And then I got on Google and it was canceled. And now I feel like screaming at the world about the wasted time that I've invested. So please don't be like me and expect that American Gods is going to end up in season three with an ending. It doesn't. You will be very, very annoyed. That's just a public service announcement from Trev Downey. That uh, sounds like Mindhunter on Netflix. They've done the yeah, same. Mindhunter at least, at least yeah, well, uh, no, they cancelled a really good show there, but at least yeah. it did kind of wrap up a bit. You know what it I mean? That you wanted it to go on. There was more. There was so much you really want. You really wanted to go on because, like, you, you, one of the central characters is, is starting to to to, to get very flaky. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. It was, I, I, how they how they didn't commission a third season of that is beyond me. But anyway, that was my little um, uh, public service announcement. Lisa Marie, your final thoughts? Um, don't really have any. Um, that's quite all right. That's quite all right. <laughs> do do not. <laughs> Do not feel really, really yourself in. Don't go. Um, don't, you know. Well, well, you know what we do in this situation. The default setting is if you, if you, if we don't have anything, what we've always done traditionally here, uh, myself, Cam, Carl, and Pooley is if we have nothing at the end, what we do is we give a TV recommendation. So all I want you to do is pick one thing that you watched over the season, seasonal uh, um, um, period that you would heartily recommend to others. Well, I finally, Trev, as you know, watched The New World. Ah, yes. And I mean, you recommended that ages ago and I, I was finally able to watch it and it was amazing. Um, I don't and it was on oh, it was on some obscure app now. I can't even remember where I found it, but uh, I've been looking for it for a while and I 
I finally came across it somewhere. But if you have not watched it, it is absolutely gorgeous. Just a, a beautiful film. And um, and and I, as I said to you, Trevor, it, you know, and it's about John Smith and Pocahontas and Jamestown and, and all of that, which I have been to the original Jamestown site. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't see that I was that I had been there before I watched the movie because it just really kind of very much set the stage for me. And I, as I sent Trevor a picture, I have stood on that, you know, riverbank essentially where they were filming. And, yeah. and it was just, it was just breathtaking. So if you're, and it's one of those movies, you kind of do have to be in, in that frame of mind to watch that type of movie. Um, you know, just something that, you know, it's not action packed or anything, but you just have to kind of be in a thoughtful, contemplative, Kind of place and I found myself there over the holiday season and and came across and sat down and watched it and, and very much enjoyed it so thank you Trev for that recommendation <laughs> I don't know yeah. how I did because that's the type of thing I love to watch I'm you know I'm all about history and and everything else so I'm, I'm honestly surprised the only thing I can say is I believe it came out in 2005 um yeah. so which was at the point depending on which point of the year that it came out I was either pregnant or had a new baby so yeah movie watching wasn't high on my list at the time yeah that'll distract you <laughs> the old babies will distract you uh and for the record just to echo what Lisa Marie's saying there it is a Terry Malick movie and I'm, I'm yeah. a Terry Malick ultra um but his movies are completely unique and I don't say that to put anybody off but I do echo at least me saying it they, they are thoughtful they're incredibly beautiful to look at and um, I think this one probably more than some of the later ones which maybe disappear off into a little bit of a art wanky space this one has a beautiful anchoring plot in it as well so I think it's a it's a hard recommend for me as well so just echo at least Marie said and Cam your final thoughts um three quick things Firstly, I did touch on it earlier. Terry's white chocolate orange game changer. Trust yes. me, you will not be disappointed. Um, secondly, TV recommendation. I've just finished season one of Titans, and I can't believe how much I'm enjoying it because I'm not a huge sci-fi fan. Probably is it really... a superhero-based thing, mate, or what is it? Pardon? Is it... Sorry. Is it a superhero-based thing? Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's the yeah. DC characters. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, okay. So um, it's uh, Batman, Robin, uh, etc. But you don't really see Batman. You only saw, the main character is more Robin. So, um, but yeah, it, it is actually really good. I am, like I say, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Just finished season one, uh, three episodes in on season two. So it's only three seasons at the moment. Um, so. Yeah, really, really enjoying that. And finally, uh, this is a, an obscure shout out, but it, it's just something that makes me and uh, a lot of people of uh, colour really proud. And that's Preach Handy, the British, British Army officer um, who was the uh, first woman of colour to uh, ski solo to the South Pole. And she did it in the second fastest time ever for a woman. That's quite the bloody achievement. Is that a recent? Is that a recent? Yeah, thing? yeah, that's yeah. yeah it's in the last week, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, guess who doesn't watch the news? I can only apologise for my lack of current affairs. Uh, 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 well, you know, the, what mainstream media current affairs uh, knowledge, but that sounds bloody remarkable. Um, so, um, hats off to. Sorry, say, say the lady's uh, name uh, again. Preet Chandy. Excellent. 
Excellent. I love that. Uh, so go and look up um, our esteemed uh, skiing uh, uh, lady there. If you if you haven't read the story like I haven't, I know I'm going to do that now because that sounds very interesting. Uh, definitely follow up on those recommendations for both drinks and television watching and keep your seasonal uh, times going for another little while. We will be back with you next week. Um, as is our want, we have yet to decide on a day. We keep talking about doing a certain day and then we decide to do the other day. So mm-hmm. likely it might be next Friday. Who the hell knows? Um, maybe we'll all be isolating. I don't know. It's all weird at the moment, but we'll be back with you. We do promise you that and we'll keep uh, to a regular schedule. Hopefully you'll stay with us. If you enjoy the show, let your friends know about it. That's literally the only way these things grow. I have no faith in Twitter as a uh, uh, an advertising uh, platform. There's a hundred thousand people following the uh, Anfield Index account, and it always seems to have minimal effect on terms of, in terms of listening. Whereas word of mouth is massive. So if you enjoy the show, tell someone you know about it, please. Um, it seems to be important for someone to say this at the end of podcasts, so that you might go and do it, and we would really appreciate that as some sort of mild payment in kind for whatever you've gleaned in terms of entertainment or distraction um, while you were walking the dog or in the gym or uh, cooking in the kitchen or whatever it is you do while you consume your podcast. I've been Trev Down. You you heard Lisa Marie Hanahan. You heard Cam Branch. We'll be back with you soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, We'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.